1: and gentlemen and welcome to getting it out podcast that was new orleans brat and the song was social grace that's the first single off of their upcoming album also called social grace it'll be dropping on prosthetic records all of this was announced and revealed just last week by the band in the label, a new combination that is sure to excite anybody who's a fan of the self-described bimbo violence or Barbie grind out of New Orleans. These guys and gal have been all over the United States, excluding the West Coast. I should amend. Uh, I did hear a nice conversation they had with Hoya on the Smoke and Word podcast, where they talked about getting out there, touring more but they're already out there quite a bit. And who knows what else is to come now that they've signed to a decent-sized label and are ready to go at it. A great presentation on all the things they've done. This song came with a video. You should check that out. They do cool and interesting videos, really leaning into their gimmick, and I appreciate that. That's the way it should be done. If you want to rock and you want to roll, you better do it the right way. And Brad's doing it the right way. What does that mean exactly? Let's keep it vague. Let's just say... I like it you might like it too check it out when you get the chance if you want to just rewind this shit and replay that please just go ahead and do that as well i'll be right here to say the exact same thing to you let's move on for those who choose to this episode includes an interview with neil jameson of creek creek is one of the united states premier black metal bands and they have a new record out now on profound lower records it's called ruiner and we're going to talk about that But first. We're going to make a preliminary stop in New Jersey and check in with the hottest zone there is, Hot Zone.
0: Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace, super my
1: This is for the questions that don't have any answers, Uh, the midnight glancers and the topless dancers, cans of freaks, uh, cars packed with speakers, the G's with the 40s and the chicks with beepers, the northern lights and the southern comfort. And it don't even matter if your veins are punctured, all the crackheads, the critics, the cynics and all my heroes at the methadone clinics, all you bastards at the IRS for the crooked cops and the cluttered deaths, for the shots of Jack and the caps of meth, half pints of love and the fifths of stress, all the hookers that are tricking out in Hollywood, and for my hoods of the world misunderstood. They said it's all good and it's all in fun. Now get in the pit and try to love someone. Ba with the ba, the bang, the gang. Diggy diggy. Diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba the bang the gang. Diggy, diggy, diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the gang, the gang. Diggy, 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 diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the bang, the gang. Diggy, 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 diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. For all the time bombs ticking and the heads they hang. All the gangs getting money and the heads they bang, bang. Wild Mustangs, the porno flicks. All my homies in the county in cell block six. The grits when there ain't enough eggs to cook. And to DB Cooper and also the money he took. You can look for answers, but that ain't fun. Now, please get in the pit and try to love someone. Ba with the ba, the gang, the gang, diggy diggy diggy. Said, the boogie, said, up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the gang, the gang, diggy diggy. diggy said, the boogie, said up jump the boogie. Come on, ba with the ba, the bang, the gang. Diggy diggy diggy. Said, the boogie, said up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the bang, the gang. Diggy, diggy, diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Love and for the hate and for the peace, war. Ba with the ba, the bang, the bang, diggy, 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 diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the bang, the gang, diggy, 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 diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Come on. Ba with the ba, the bang, the gang, diggy, 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 diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. Ba with the ba, the bang, the dang, diggy, 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 diggy said the boogie said up jump the boogie. enjoy reading mo- your monthly decibel column oh, thank and uh you. it's I and maybe I maybe I'm making this up in my own head but uh seems to be seems to be a little change in your mood lately at least a little on this last one seems to I feel like I know you a little bit and this just from reading that you know and I'm sure you get that from other people too but uh having a kid changed everything for you
0: oh man I mean I, I can't really be, begin to to Wrap my head around it. I mean, a, a few years ago, when you know we found out that we were going to have a kid, like I knew things were going to change, but I didn't think that I would all of a sudden become a, a more responsible adult than than I had been, which you know really wasn't very much anyway. Uh, and so that it's just caused me to really—I don't know if I—if I'm more grumpy, less grumpy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely more poetic. Uh, the last few months with uh, you know, h- how I've been expressing things. Um, and, and also, I, I think, so anybody that, that's read me probably understands that the, uh, I'm a merciless fuck-up. And so half the time, my column is done like hours before the deadline is. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that's changed recently is I'm doing it at least a week in advance. And so then I'm able to go back and, and edit it and, think about what I'm actually saying instead of just, you know, pouring out a, a stream of consciousness. And so that might have something to do with the, the mood change because I'm able to be a little bit more reflective on on what I'm writing about. But then again, mm, I mean, I, I don't sense. have, I don't have next month's column figured out at all. So, uh, <laughs> this, this entire thing could be a wash. <laughs>
1: there you go. That, lot that, that makes a lot of sense though. Um, and the, the reason, the reason I ask that is because I'm curious how, uh, that those big life changes have, uh, affected what you do with Krieg as well, because this is your first album and I think full length, I should say full length in nine years, right? Yep. Well, well first I got to ask, why didn't you just make it 10? It sounds better when we can say first album in a decade.
0: Cause I don't plan things out that well. <laughs> uh, I, so, um, uh, I mean, we, we went through like a, a period of, of complete inactivity, uh, the stuff for the integrity split was recorded in 2014, so that was you know the, the last year that we did any kind of real recording. It just took a few years to come out, mm-hmm. and we haven't done any shows since 2017. So I mean, there was just this drop off, and a lot of it had to do with you know the the distance I am from everybody else, and you know the unfortunate things like money and mental health reasons and all that. And then it's weird. Once I became a father, I was able to kind of focus more on music. It's not mm. that I have, I don't have more time to do it, obviously, uh, I have less free time than ever, but I think it's helped clear my mind a little bit so that I'm able to figure out, focus in on, on what I really want to do uh, and how I really want to write things and, and, you know, operate the, the band and, and the music that we do. Uh, and a lot of that is after the last album, there were, you know, there's a lot of, self-imposed pressure on me where I thought, you know, we really had to do something huge to, to really kind of, you know, break through. We were talking about going to to God city to record. We were going to do an album that sounded like later period killing joke, you know, like all all these, all these grand plans that just kind of fizzled out and just the weight of this expectation that I had to do this incredible album and that that was going to be my last chance to, you know, quote unquote, make it just really soured things for me and so now like i i don't give a fuck i'm i'm back to making music that i want to hear for myself which i haven't done since i was a kid i mean i used to do that you know my demos and maybe kind of the first album and then once you start publicly releasing things then you know all of a sudden you have people that are they have you know they're they're either fans or they have obvious opinions about you and so you, you kind of you try to block that noise out but it it eventually kind of you know, just makes its way in. And so I was far enough removed from that that I could actually sit down and be like, okay, well, these are the records that I'm listening to a lot now, and this is where my influences are, and this is what I'd like to write about and how I'd like the thing to sound. And, I mean, we didn't even really plan to to do the record. We did three songs last September, which were going to be for the split with Withdrawal, and they just turned out to be Different than we were expecting, uh, and we were really, really excited about. It, so we went back into the, the studio in January and, and did five more songs. And instead of you know the the grand plans of recording it, you know God City or Machines with Magnets or, or something like that, we recorded you know in, in fucking uh, basically a, a rehearsal room in, in Philly, and it just it felt a lot better and to to go back to that kind of level and then really just focus in on what I wanted out of things instead of what my perception of what other people would want.
1: You said a lot of things that I think are really interesting and cool there. One of them being that uh, having a kid actually, not because of the lack of time, but because of, uh, here's, what well, here's how I interpret it. Because of the scarcity of time is that you focus more uh with more you have more focus on the things that you really want to do and you kind of like filter out the noise the other bullshit the, and this is this is my own experience too i guess is that when you know you have a kid and you're dedicated to so much of this so much of your life to that that when you do have that spare time to do the things you make sure that you're doing the things that you want to do or at least you try to
0: i'm just a lot more valuable now i mean also yeah. Yeah. you know i i had a kid you know my, my girlfriend at the time she was 40 when when she had uh, our daughter and so that was hot almost three years ago i mean i'm, I'm 45 now so I, i'm already kind of i'm feeling my age or, or at least the 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 fact that i've got you know less time ahead of me than um i do behind me and so I, I'm, I'm just trying to i don't want to sound you know all, all super fucking live laugh love kind of shit but you know i'm trying to make the most out of the time that i have be it either, you know, doing things for, for my daughter, you know, being there for my family and spending time, you know, writing music and listening to music that, that I really love. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of people spend a lot of time, you know, focusing on, on the things that they don't like, you know, especially music, art, culture, that kind of thing. And that's just such a, a waste of valuable time. And it's just really boring. Mm-hmm.
1: Is when you, when you talk about like focusing on like the music that you love and you mentioned earlier, like the, going back to your influences and uh, the the pressure that there was from the last record to kind of keep going in a different direction, like this continued evolution. Is it like you kind of pushing back against the evolution that people think Krieg should have been making or just, I don't, I don't know. How do you, how do you, how do you explain what you're talking about there?
0: So, In in between the years that that we didn't, you know, record or or really do anything, I became really sour on black metal. I was uh, seeing all these, you know, younger bands coming in and and getting all these accolades and 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 whatnot, and I just it was mostly petty jealousy because I was like, well, you know, why why the fuck aren't we getting awarded these opportunities? And so I really disconnected from black metal. And then uh, in 2019, my girlfriend got diagnosed with uh, stage four brain and lung cancer and so that was like the 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 moment where you know like i, I really had to get my shit together but less so than when i had the you know we had our daughter obviously but and so because of that like i was spending you know way more time at home and, and just putting things on in, in the background and you know so youtube will go and do its thing and All of a sudden, I started hearing all these newer black metal bands. They were just going through this this rotation on these playlists. I was like, holy fuck, this is really, really good. And so from there, I started diving in and and talking to to friends and and just getting all these recommendations. And so between 2019, 2020, I became ravenously hungry for black metal again. (laughs) And then starting last year... I really started, you know, going back and, and re-listening to all the records from my youth. And it wasn't really kind of like a, a nostalgia kick or anything like that. It was just am I gonna hear things differently than than I did when I was younger? And it's weird because like I put on like the first Gorgoth record for example, and I could hear the influence on my playing and writing to this day from, from that record that I never really picked up when I was younger because by the time i was really you know publicly releasing music you know the, i was more you know about like beharoth demon c pro Fanatica, that kind of stuff and being you know listing the norwegian bands as an influence was kind of you know it was shunned in, in american black metal in the 90s because you know, we wanted to have our, our own identity and so I, I was just going back to to these records and realizing how much i loved them and how important they were to me and that just by listening to that and just absorbing, you know, all these new bands, all these old bands, and all that, like it just really inspired me to to start writing music again.
1: That's very cool. I, I personally love revisiting stuff in the in the same way that you're saying. Not necessarily, I mean, not for me. Or I mean, I guess it's different for me because I'm not a musician. Um, but not necessarily. But how you said, not necessarily for nostalgia. Just more to, I don't know. I like I I listen in and I just try to kind of hear it again. Like it's new. Like, what did I like? What did I like about this? Do I still like that about this? And I often find that I usually do. Sometimes it's sometimes even more, sometimes uh, not so much, but uh, I enjoy going back and re listening to old things like that. Was that something that maybe, or that you uh, like had a conversation with the rest of the guys in the band that here's what I want to do, here's the direction I want to go, or do you just kind of present what you wrote and here it is?
0: So, uh, Alex Poole, our, our uh... Who does all the uh, the overdubs and, and leads and, and uh, second guitar and basically yeah he's he's the, the main guitarist but he's not in he lives out out by you actually so he doesn't uh, he doesn't come into the city too often and I don't blame him for that so like we had a lot of conversations over text not really about the direction of the band but just all the the shit that we were listening to mm-hmm. and it, so we were really on on the same page as far as our listening habits at the time. And I mean, I I didn't write any of this stuff with any kind of like forethought. Uh, I, I literally, the night before I went up to Philly last September and, and again in January, I sat down and for like an hour or two, just wrote everything out, you know, figured out the songs, wrote kind of what the direction I would like, you know, the drums or, or the bass and all that to go in. And then, you know, the, the next morning, that was when the, the rest of the guys heard it for the first time. And so... I mean, the, the album is basically, it's, it's not rehearsed. I think they, they went over each track maybe once or twice before they did the actual recording. And then, I mean, all the vocals were done in one take and it was all then sent to Alex. And then he just, you know, worked his magic from there. So there really wasn't any kind of like conscious conversation with anybody like, Hey, here's what I want this to to sound like until, you know, the, the day of.
1: Wow. That's pretty impressive. (laughs) Didn't know any part of that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the is that the is that the way you've always worked
0: kind of i mean i i, I transient the last record we had uh at least half of it uh rehearsed and ready by the time I we went into the studio mm-hmm. um and then the the rest of it like I'd written right before it, and I showed everybody when we were in the studio and then we worked it out that way, but we were also. Dealing with like a a, a, you know much more budgetary constraints because we were in you know a nice studio that costs money, whereas you know baritone uh, Jeff Barrow is really really he has very good rates and uh, you know really is cool with spending extra time and and putting the extra mile in there. So there wasn't like as much pressure to try to get things done. Mm -hmm. But I mean yeah I guess for for the the duration I've been doing this I've been doing it rather loosely like that.
1: That's cool. I like that. I like the, the is is it is it easier now? Let me rephrase that. Is, is it more fun? Like, does is what you're doing with Krieg coming more naturally? I don't know. Is there something? Is there anything you're forcing still about it?
0: No. Um. It, it, I'm I'm back to being a fan of music first, mm-hmm. and so it just kind of it feels more natural to be making music. Uh, the other cool thing that you know, that hasn't been an issue for a little bit is for at least like eight or nine years, I had to look at Krieg as a financial venture because I just, I wasn't, I didn't have a, a good job. I wasn't making a, a lot of money. So I had to, to base all of my decisions in Krieg on, do they make financial sense? How much money am I going to be bringing home from this? Uh, how much money do I need to, to put out at first, you know, risk versus reward and all that. And that's just, that's a, a Treating your your music like a business works for some people who are you know, mm-hmm. monumentally successful with it, but when you're a band at the the level that, that we're at, it's, it's it just adds this extra layer of bullshit and, and stress and, and pressure, and so being able to go back to just doing music for you know the the love of music and, and not having to worry about you know, financial expenditures. I mean, it's still a consideration, obviously. You know, you don't want to just go throwing fucking money away, but uh, it just makes it easier. So I don't have to force that part. Um, I don't I don't have, I really don't care about, you know, what, what people's expectations of the record were. So I didn't have to worry about that. Um, Profound Lore is an incredibly easy label to work with. So that gets rid of a lot of the... Background shit that I have to—I would have to do, uh, like when I was on Candlelight, I had to really, you know, like push for my own promotion. Um, so no, no, I mean, it, it really everything just feels a lot more organic now.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, other people's expectations. What is what's your expectations now? Twenty years in?
0: Um, to write a record that I would want to listen to. Mm. It's super simple, right there. To, to write something. That is better than the last one that I did. Transient will probably always be my favorite record that we ever did, but I think Ruiner's better. I think Ruiner's the best thing that that we've ever put together, and so I I guess it kind of, you know, time being very uh, cyclical. I guess that means the next record I'm going to have a little bit more pressure on me to try to (laughs) beat that. So you know, it might be another ten years before we we hit another record. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well that's all right as long as you don't feel like uh oh i don't I don't know like that, like like you can't do better you know that's like if you just say yeah fuck it that was we're never going to be that good again let's just mail some stuff in but i don't get the, the impression the idea that that's ever what you do
0: no i mean the, the next one will be even better um uh, yeah i just i don't know what that's gonna i don't know how that's gonna sound i don't know how it's gonna look uh maybe we will do that killing joke record you know down, right. down the line or maybe we'll do something that's just really raw and punishing or something with you know more hardcore influence in it because th- this record had you know more post-punk kind of, of influence whereas transient had like a lot of you know integrity gehenna uh rotten hell that kind of stuff that was really you know helping formulate where where i was coming from there so i just i don't know where we're i'm going to go next but it's no longer, it's it's not like a, a frightening prospect, you know. It, it, it's back to being exciting. I'm I'm excited to see what what we're able to come up with next.
1: Well, this one, Ruiner, just came out. Was it last week? Friday, Friday the thirteenth, right? Yep. Was that an intentional release date, or just land there?
0: Uh, you'd have to ask Profound Lore. Uh, when I, I, I sent him the the record in, I think we were finished in February. Uh, I think that the thirteenth it, it just kind of coincided when we were able to have everything in production and, and ready to ship. Right. Uh, so it, may, it might be a happy accident. But I mean, there, there's been all kinds of, of weird numbers with this one. I mean, our, our second single was released on nine eleven. Uh, you know, the album comes out on, on Friday the thirteenth. So. I, I don't know if, it, if it's just – if it's backroom machinations that I'm I'm not privy to or if it's just organically popping up in very unusual and kind of ironic dates.
1: I'd say if you also had something that came out on June 6, 2006, we would be on to something. You know, there would be three things, and there would be no denying it at that point.
0: So I – the only thing I remember from June 6, uh, 2006 is, is I knew a, a lady in Germany – uh, who was trying to make sure that she was going to get pregnant in time to be able to give birth directly on that day? It never happened, but yeah. like, that's that's my big memory from from that all important date. It is just that kind of uh, dunce bullshit behavior. So <laughs> that's
1: pretty funny. I, I remember it's, uh, Slayer's Christ Illusion came out on that day, but that's that's all I can remember about that. But yeah, um, the uh, this is like well, we just said the the record's been out for only a couple of days now officially, but obviously you and I both know how it works press wise. It's been out there for quite a few weeks. How's the feedback been, not only from a critical standpoint, but also from like just a, a Krieg fan standpoint?
0: Overwhelmingly positive. It's actually kind of humbling to see the reactions that it's getting. I mean, the the fan base seems to really be digging it. Um, we're getting attention from media outlets that, that, you know, really wouldn't have given a fuck about us a few years ago. Um, and and it, it's just, it's really, it, it's, it's not what I was going for. I didn't do the record to, you know, be have pats on the back and, and parades thrown for me, but I, I got to tell you, man, it's, it's really, it, it's a, a nice side effect. Uh, it, it's really humbling and, and overwhelming the, the response we're getting.
1: Is that uh, media attention from outlets that wouldn't have uh, recognized you before because of maybe the bands breaking through that annoyed you in the black metal sphere?
0: No, I think it has mostly to do with just the perception that, you know, we were this underground, noisy, really raw band, like people who would, you know, go back and and only know us for the records that we did in the nineties instead of anything after. Mm. And then also, uh, the fact that we're getting a little bit more attention, it definitely has to do with the, the pedigree of profound lore, uh, without a doubt <laughs> that opens a lot of doors for you when you're on a label that is well-respected, but also well-run. Yeah. Um, uh, cause I mean, candlelight, candlelight was a huge label. Uh, they're owned by fucking, uh, universal now. Mm. Uh, but they just kind of they would sign bands all kinds of willy nilly and then just forget about it. I mean, it was like how the major label rush on the Seattle bands in the 90s was where, you know, they were just signing everybody and hoping something would stick. But they weren't really doing a lot to help cultivate that. Whereas, you know, Profound Lore has taken incredible care on, on the presentation of all their bands, not just us, uh, and how, you know, these bands are presented to the public and, and to the media and, you know. So that that opens up a lot of doors.
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean as far as the labels go, and I think Candlelight is probably a good example of that. Where it seems like they'll they'll put out records, and then if it doesn't hit, they just kind of sit back, and you barely even notice that that record is out anymore. Uh, but obviously, it has been done by record labels, you know, from the beginning of time. Um, and it's and you're right, Profound Lore really seems to get behind theirs and push what they got and uh and everything's always so well packaged it's so, you know a good presentation um and and i've you know been you mentioned actually uh, quite a few bands when you're talking about uh your last record that you were listening to gehenna integrity rotten hell all bands that had records on a389 records and uh that, I feel like back then he was doing a great job with presenting those, getting. Anyway, just examples of labels like that in that realm that really seem to get behind bands and their records. And uh, yeah, you're right. Profound Lore especially does that.
0: I mean, it's the difference between Victory Records and A389. That would have been uh, the, the example I, I would have given. I mean, mm-hmm. just someone that, that who, you know, because Profound Lore operates at a pretty large level now. But it's still Chris making all the decisions, just like how an A389 was Dom making all the decisions until the end. And so there just seemed to be a lot more care given. uh. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Because I, I, I guess because it it allows the label owner to build more personal relationships with the bands instead of you know like going through eight or nine middlemen, you know. One person for Europe, one person for here, one person for there, like with, right. with how Candlelight was. Uh, and also, you know, the the, the contracts aren't as constrictive. Uh, going back to bitching about Candlelight, I mean, I did two records on there. I'll never get the rights to those back because Sony owns it. But Sony will never, not Sony, Sony owns Relapse. Uh, Universal owns uh, Candlelight. And so Universal will not sell those rights. They won't give them up, but they'll never repress the shit. Right, So, I mean, there's just all these, these huge differences between labels that were obviously originally done for the love of it that turned into big business, but are still handled with that kind of care. And then, you know, these corporate labels that just throw as much shit at the wall, see what sticks and then moves on.
1: Yeah, that's that sucks just to have, you know, to lose the rights like that to something or never have them, I guess. I don't know what, what, what it is in your case and just, you know allow it to be or not 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 that it's your fault but have it be allowed to be lost to time eventually
0: i mean contracts are confusing and, and you know very very few people in underground music are, are lawyers so it, <laughs> it's, it's it's really easy for labels to not necessarily be predatory at the beginning but definitely hide things in the contract that you know down the line it's a fucking booby trap
1: right right well, I feel like it's it's at least being spoken about more, and I've learned I've learned a lot just as a fan from doing this, from talking to musicians about a lot of a lot of them whom are starting their own labels for these reasons, um, you know, to never lose or they're re-recording records, you know, because you know, basically just to get their shit back and get the rights back to something, and uh, it's unfortunate, but it seems like people are getting a little more educated on it, or at least uh, signing friendlier deals.
0: Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean, I'm sure that there's still. You know, the, the larger labels are, are, are trying to, to prey on on bands, but they don't have as much uh, sway anymore with the availability of bands being able to digitally distribute everything that, that they do. Um, the ease of self-publishing, I mean, they can, you know, it, it, sure, it, it takes six months to a year to get your vinyl pressed, but, you know, they, they can do that themselves. And then they have full control on pricing, packaging presentation and all that. So the idea of a major label system is it's crumbling a little bit more year by year. It's definitely not something that's going to go away anytime soon. You know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, like DVDs or any of that. They're just disappearing from view, right. but there, there's definitely the, the cracks in the foundation. I, I don't believe are repairable for a lot of these, these companies now. And, and also, and a lot of people don't know this, the majority of the quote unquote major labels in, underground music be it you know metal hardcore punk hip-hop any of that shit are all really owned by like the same few conglomerates like i keep going back to universal owning Candlelight. universal owns a ton of labels sony owns relapse whenever i get you know a residual from the integrity split it's a check from sony um and, and so like these large major labels are really what is Bankrolling and controlling the the quote unquote underground labels, which is kind of a farce, because you know these are these labels that were created to distribute and, and release music that wasn't acceptable to the public. It wasn't you know wasn't pop music, and now their their decisions have to be based entirely on what some fucking suit in New York or L.A. says, and, and it's 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 a, a shoddy system that can't go away soon enough
1: yeah and uh unfortunately i don't see that it will um i guess we're closer to it than ever but uh it still seems a long way to go it's like uh it's like when this is a weird analogy maybe it's wrong too but like you know fucking 10 years ago when maybe not 10 years maybe a little longer uh when people be like oh one day weed's gonna be legal and like no it's fucking not and now it almost is but not quite there's still a lot of the country that uh Like here in Pennsylvania, where it doesn't seem like it'll ever happen. Um, You know, it's just like, yeah, okay, maybe a little bit of it it will be canceled out. Maybe maybe some of the record labels will go away, but there's always going to be a presence.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the corporations in in every facet of life are predatory by nature, so they are always going to have somebody looking for the next thing. Uh, And just like. Going going back to, to weed, you know that uh, you know. So Richmond, tons of Philip Morris. There's a Philip Morris factory, all that. You know, we're we're a very very big tobacco area, mm-hmm. and you know that they just have you know like a, a warehouse full of shit ready to start selling Marlboro joints. You know, they just have to wait for that to be legalized, and they're just gonna you know buy a whole bunch of weed, fill them up, and then they're going to take control of that market, right. uh, which drives out you know the the smaller. Uh, You know the 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 guy selling weed on the corner. Um, We've we're just at a really weird time where every aspect of life we're we're seeing these these this corporate interest this this big money in in everything, and it's a lot more visible to us. But at the same time, I don't know if we have any more power to to put a stop to it. I mean, look at it facebook meta you know they we were all attached to that shit because we kind of have to be in order to be able, especially if we're doing music podcasting writing art yeah, and you want to
1: promote anything yeah
0: yeah so you you have to to you know unfortunately be a part of that system and the next person that's going to come up with a, a new system to beat that one it's going to be the same thing they're going to get corrupted by money and it's going to turn into a big fucking monolith and and then you know we'll be having this discussion about another platform 20 years from now
1: it's true, cyclical, like you said. It's just going to keep going on and on, um, and uh, let's all right. Let's <laughs> we could go on about that subject for quite a while. It's I think. Philosophy. That philosophy, yeah, 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 yeah. But before I run out of time here, let's go back to. Back to your record, the new record, Ruiner. I don't know if I even said what the fuck it was called. Ruiner, prof- Profound Lore, out October 13th. So everybody, of course, hearing this and us right now, that's in the past, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, sorry, you mentioned not playing shows for a long time, but it looks like you've got a few shows coming up. Uh, in, is it all in the Northeast? Uh, Pennsylvania, New York? Maybe I got those right.
0: Yep, we're doing uh, New York. Providence and Philly, uh, the Providence, end of November 10th. Uh, those are kind of, so Philly's obviously, you know, home base really excited to be playing Kung Fu necktie again, because it's been nine years, I think, since we've done Kung Fu necktie. <laughs> uh, cause the last few Philly shows were all either like larger, you know, like we opened for I 8 God, or we did, you know, some of the decibel fest there. So this is the first time where we've gotten to go back to like home base. Uh, Kung Fu necktie is my favorite venue to play in the, in the country. And then Dusk and Providence, love it up there. I mean, the the New England scene is, is fantastic, always treats us really well. And then there's New York, which just seemed like the, the appropriate place to do the quote-unquote record release show. Uh, I've heard the venue kind of sucks. It's the, the Kingsland. Uh, <laughs> everybody's like, oh, well, that venue's fucking terrible. We'll still come out, but we're not going to be happy about it. And it's like, oh, great. Glad to hear. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, th- these are all just – they're, they're places that we're very comfortable with and that it felt right to do the return to stage there.
1: That's cool. That's cool. And, uh, do, do, when you, when you guys uh, live apart like this, do you, do you get together a couple of days ahead of time, maybe in Philly and bang something out of rehearsal or are you just going to hit the stage and go for it?
0: Those guys have been rehearsing for at least a month now. They get together mm-hmm. at least once or once a week and have been going over the, the set list and all that. My job's easy. I just have to yell over shit. So my rehearsal will be making a playlist of what the set's going to be and listening to it on repeat from the drive from Richmond to, to Philly. <laughs> um, I, I mean, fortunately, like I, I just, I have to stand up there and yell and look pretty. It's, it's the rest of them that, that have the really hard job. And so they've been taking it really seriously and, and really just been going through everything. And, and I'm, I'm excited to hear how, cause we're doing a lot of the, the new songs. So I'm excited to hear how, how that, sounds you know, as a full band live
1: yeah well as they as the uh singer guy in a band in the past uh i uh i did the same stuff it? <laughs> it, was, it was nice just to get up there i or i would just uh, you know we did like one reunion show one year and it was like the first years i didn't do any practice i just got there and blew my voice out and then lived with it for a few days you know what i mean so uh that also never helped carry anything in i'd like to keep that reputation uh For vocalists I don't know where you stand on that But I like to stay with And never carry anything in
0: I mean I'll carry it You know like the The stool in or something (laughs) (laughs) Right Make an
1: appearance Um, Okay well so I I was listening to Through the discography Through the Krieg discography Over the last couple weeks And I was trying to figure out Which record I liked best And I couldn't really pin it down But It made me want to ask you If somebody's getting into Krieg brand new Where do you want them to start?
0: I'd say there's a, a three album journey. God, that's pretentious. There's a a, <laughs> a, a three album a three album uh, list, and that'd be starting with Black House, moving to Transient, and then ending with Ruiner. I think that those are the three that are most representative of what I'm proudest of over the years. Uh, Black House set the the pace for you know the the ten or so years after it. Transient was really just an important record to me and then ruiner is where we're at now so it's it's good i mean they can skip any of the 90s shit i know a lot of people like that stuff and, and so you know god bless them for that but i i just it's it's not my favorite so you know i would say that that would be the, the the path i would tell them to take
1: yeah that's 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 reasonable not what i expected too and only the fact that it jumps around a bit
0: well yeah i mean there, there's you know moments from from every single quote unquote era that I've done that, you know, I, I can really appreciate. Uh, like I think Destruction Rituals is a, a great record. Uh, it, it did everything that I was hoping it would, but to really just get like a, a good introduction, those are the three records that I think have, they, they don't have anything on it that I would personally skip when I'm listening to it. Whereas every other record, there's, you know, some songs I'm like, oh, this is great. And then there's others where it's like, ah, oh, I really, I, I, I don't like it for this reason or that reason. So, uh and and Black House is basically that can almost be construed as the first real Krieg record because that's when things became personal. Where I, I started writing about you know mental illness, dreams, that kind of stuff, versus you know the the typical black metal topics that I sang about in the nineties. And so and then Transient was a, another big transitional period of my life. So uh, again, you know, really just an important document of, of who I am. And then Ruiner's just you know it's a, it's a really good. Uh, it's my my very good attempt at sounding like gogoroth so
1: <laughs> when people hear ruiner what do you hope they get
0: from it authenticity i want them to hear that this isn't that we're not trying to to sound like anything in, you know modern on on purpose we're not trying to sound we're we're playing music that we loved creating and that we we're very passionate about and that I personally am, am, am very passionate about. I don't want them to hear it as like, oh, well, it sounds like this because it's this decade or, you know, anything like that I want them to, to just hear an honest black metal record.
1: I think I think you did that. I think that's uh, that's on display. And uh, I'd say for all my listens and I've listened to it a ton um, that that's exactly what Ruiner sounds like. Well, thank you. I know you got these three shows coming up and the record obviously is out. Is there any other plans for Krieg that you can announce or talk about going forward?
0: Sure. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're still doing a split withdrawal. Uh, I'm just going to be using songs that we recorded earlier in 23. Uh, is that
1: the band from Canada that was on a three, eight, nine, by the way, it was. Yep. Okay. Uh, I didn't know they were still around. Awesome.
0: They just became active again, uh, this year i mean i i've been good friends with them and, and we've always thrown around the idea of doing a split uh and then finally the, the adam the singer just wrote me he's like hey check this out and he sends a picture and it's them in, in fucking studio so it's like oh okay so i guess this is you know actually going to, to come to fruition and they, <laughs> they just released a tape with uh, seven songs that i'm waiting to, to get in the mail now it's just really really good they're they're one of the best bands from, from Canada, if not the world, as far as like metallic hardcore is concerned.
1: So we've got that. Yeah, I really loved that seven inch they did back then. I, I have to, I have to revisit that, but I really like that one.
0: If you dug that, the full length they did right after never is it. It's, I, I did a, an article for Decibel where I did, you know, the, the 10 records that I thought were the best of, of the decade in between uh, 2010, 2019. And, and that mm. was in there. It's just, it, it's a, a fucking phenomenal record
1: We'll listen to it today
0: anyway go ahead sorry (laughs) oh you're good uh and then after that I mean we were supposed to do a split with Daiichi uh but they uh so that that's what the the withdrawal split tracks were originally for but they haven't recorded it yet and so we kind of just want to you know I guess we'll record for that sometime next year uh the crucifixion bell split is supposed to come out on vinyl sometime uh I have no idea when the label's kind of flaky with that. Uh, besides that, I mean, I've got a few reissues coming out on Devil's Elixir. Uh, Destruction Ritual is going to get you know the first final reissue that, that it's had in 20 years. Uh, sky's the limit. After that, man, I, I, I really have no no concrete plans. You know, we're we're just going to take it as it comes.
1: Well, that's plenty. I mean, that's you got a lot more going on than I expected. So that's very cool.
0: Well, I just hope that, you know, even half of it comes to fruition. I mean the withdrawal split <laughs> definitely will. That'll be right. out on Sin Eater Records. Uh they did a, a Lath seven inch for me. They've done uh Dwid from Integrity's Cy Warfare project on vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I mean it, it's it's a really it's a great label from New Jersey that, that does a lot of really cool things. Awesome. I'll be on the
1: lookout for that one for sure. Uh, I really didn't know they were... I I, I just looked this up. I didn't know they even did that never full length. So that one totally, totally missed out on that. So uh, I knew about the split with and in the Way. Of course, the 7-inch. But uh, now this this split with you guys is very cool too. Anyway, uh, lots of cool stuff. One of which, of course, is your new record. So uh, thanks for for doing that. Thanks for doing all the shit you do. I, I try to always make a point to say this to people because someone like yourself who... Uh you've entertained me in several different ways over the years. One, of course, with your music. I've listened to your band for over 20 years, but then I also like I I'm a like a decibel magazine addict. As soon as I get that fucking thing, I happily like read through it in a week or not, you know, maybe less. But I go, I got my my order of operations is always Eugene's column in the back, and then I go to yours. So you're you're number two on my <laughs> on my read-through list. So thanks for entertaining me that way too
0: well thank you for for saying that yeah no eugene is is that's the first thing that i go for too he's i'm can't wait to read his memoir he's just a, a fantastic fucking writer
1: yeah sometimes he confuses the shit out of me and i don't know what he's trying to say but thank you for your artistic output for your time
0: for your conversation dan thank you very much for having me
1: That was my conversation with Neil Jamison of Krieg. The song you just heard was solitarily a future renounced from Ruiner out now on profound lower records. The song you heard at the beginning of the interview was also from that same record. Of course, it's called No Gardens Grow Here. Both of them were released as singles prior to the albums released. So you might have heard them before. You might have heard everything by now because the record has been out for two weeks. How about that? Yeah, go listen to it if you haven't yet. I guarantee you it is well worth your time. I want to apologize to everybody for reciting all of the lyrics to Kid Rock's Ba With the Ba. I just felt like it had to be done. Something spoke to me this morning as I sat down here in front of my computer and said, give the people a message. So I did. So I hope you understand. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed the interview with Neil even more. And I want to especially thank Neil for his time for his conversation, and for his, like I said, artistic output over the years. I've greatly enjoyed it. Hey, and while I'm thanking people, I'm gonna thank the Eagles for beating the Dolphins pretty handily last night. I'm gonna thank you for listening this far into the podcast. I'm gonna tell you, once again, you need to go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on there. Got a few new things popping up. Gonna release one of those new faces around here lists in the very near future. I can tell you who's on that already. There will be new pages for Horsewhip Brat. Ancient Days, Zoth, White Tundra, and Fabo You might be familiar with all of these bands. You might be familiar with none of these bands. I played one for you already in and I'm going to play another for you at the end of this podcast here in just a few seconds. Ancient Days reached out to me through email. They are a stoner rock band from Indianapolis. Zoth, that's the band you're about to hear. Fabo has announced a new record out on Dark Descent Records. White Tundra. That's Norwegian Stoner Rock Horsewhip. Oh, that's like D beat style hardcore. They got a new record coming soon. I um, think I think you're going to see a podcast about that one. And uh, that's that's the whole list. That's everybody I said. Maybe there'll be some other ones from Blasen or Terramania. Embrace Your Punishment. But I have yet to get to all those. So we will see. You will see. I already know. (laughs) I got the secrets, baby. Secrets for that nobody gives a shit about. How about that? Kind of depressing when you think about it. Hey, anyway, things are going good here. I hope they're going good for you. We're almost done with the month of October as finally I can put all this stupid sobriety stuff behind me and get back to business. But hey, so far so good. By the way, I haven't checked you in with my diet lately almost at that 200 pound mark. I haven't seen that in many years. So it's pretty exciting to get there. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Every now and then, you know, when I hit the weekends now and I do indulge in the sugar, it's not as exciting. Kind of makes me uh, not feel so great. And uh, maybe it should be a lifestyle change. Unlikely, but possible. Unlikely, but possible. Anyway, That's going to be it for this one. I told you I was going to play a Zoth track. I hope I'm saying that right. Right. That's X-O-T-H. They've got a new record called Exogalactic. It's dropping soon. How soon? Not so sure. Let's say um, within the next month or two. And uh, anyway, it's up for pre-order right now from Dawn Breed Record Store. They're a European-based thing, but you can get it from the band via Bandcamp as well. This one is the second track on this new record, and it's called Manuscripts of Madness. And I think it's pretty sick. Check it out. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.